From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 2 for June 2nd, 2016. We're glad you've tuned in. The Stormfront Freaks are meteorologist and storm chaser Quincy Vagel, former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, storm chaser and photographer Paxton Biggs, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guest Clayton Stiver, weekend meteorologist and chief weather technology officer for NBC29 in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter Phil Johnson. Well, welcome to episode two. Uh, I'll tell you what, we appreciate all the great feedback that we received from some of you from the last show. Uh, we're actually going to share some of that at the end of the show, so uh, we'll look forward to that as well. We also have a bombshell announcement uh, we're going to share with you uh, later in the show, so keep on listening for a special drawing that we have uh, from our friends at episode one uh, with Entropy Technologies, so stay listening. But this episode... We're happy to have on uh, from NBC 29 in Charlottesville, Virginia, meteorologist Clayton Stiver. He's going to be here to talk about some of the challenges of TV weather broadcasting, as well as going through our lightning round of questions. And uh, by listener demand, uh, we appreciate your feedback on that. We're actually going to have the team debate media hype of weather forecasts and weather events. Uh, So we hope to get Clayton involved in that uh, as well. But before I do that, uh, we had a, a big storm week last week uh, out in the plains, and I want to get to uh, Q and Pax. Uh, just heads up, you can follow Q on Twitter at StormChaserQ. Follow Pax at Pax Photography. Uh, both of those guys, uh, I think between the two of them, I think we're on tornadoes like um, five in a row. Uh, we are joking with Pax at the hat trick. He had three days in a row that he was on tornadoes. Uh, but we wanted to have a chance for those guys to uh, share with us uh, what they did and how the week went. So, uh, Q and Pax, how'd the week go? It was awesome. It was it was probably my best week of chasing I think I've ever had. I don't know about you, Q, but it was it was probably my best yeah, week the, of chasing. Yeah, the, there's a two day stretch that for me actually topped my Pilger and the follow up day in 2014. So that's that's saying a lot for me. What, yeah. what were the dates on that, that you guys were on those? Well, I was out May 22nd, May 23rd, May 24th. Then I went home for a day like an idiot and missed Bennington <laughs> 2.0. And yep, was back out, yeah, I was back out May 26th and chased the, chased the bus day. So, so what, what in 2.0? What the hell is that? <laughs> well, uh, well, I can probably speak. To, I, yeah, yeah, he can speak to that. Go ahead. Well, yeah, that was on, let's see, the 25th, and isolated supercell dropped a tornado in almost the same exact spot of the Bennington tornado a few years ago, and this tornado was in progress for over about an hour and a half, so pretty impressive tornado. So what what did you guys, uh, where were you at? What did you see last week? Well, you were, you started out Saturday with Ian, weren't you? Q? Yeah, on the, yeah, the 21st, Ian and I went out. We saw a brief tornado near um, Leote, Kansas, but the bigger day was really the 24th with the Dodge City tornadoes and then the 25th, as we said, with um, Bennington. But I was out there for the for about two weeks with Ian towards the end of May. Right, so uh, mine, started, mine started the 22nd. I was in the Panhandle of Texas that day, and I saw a tornado on the ground for probably 10 minutes. Then a uh, about... 
the next day I was in Woodward and saw the Woodward tornado. And then I was up in Dodge city the next day. So it was a, it was a good stretch of three days for me. Did you guys get uh, real yeah, close to the tornado at all? Drive into it at all? Maybe with the Dominator? Q was close on the Dodge City one. Yeah, on the 24th, Ian and I got within probably about 300 yards of a pair of strong oh, wow. tornadoes. And that for both of us, we have never been that close. And we got really close to at least, I mean, we kind of lost track of the exact tornado count, but at least three tornadoes we were very close to. Would you would really you think you get that close? Amazing. Would you get would you get that close ever again? Q, uh, did it, was it scary or was it? Because I've never seen a tornado, um, and I know probably a decent well, amount of people probably have never yeah. seen a tornado. So, well, well, I've never been that close, but this was a unique situation. We had a slow moving storm that was going northward, and we had a pretty clear slot to get really close. I don't think there's many tornadoes that you would want to be able to get that close to. And Ian actually told me, he's like, don't get any closer. And I'm like, we're going to get a little bit closer so we can get these power lines out of our picture. But, yeah. That was an incredible day, honestly. Like, at times there were three tornadoes on the ground on that Dodge City one. Uh, There was two separate circulations within, you know, a half mile of each other, maybe even closer. And tornadoes were up and down off the ground for – at least an hour. It was incredible. That and was what exactly do you guys have on board with you uh, that you're looking at uh, to be able to track the tornadoes, um, analyze them? Uh, just kind of talk about that a little bit more. Well, me personally, I'm pretty simple with it. Um, I have just navigation and I keep radar scope up and I look at mesoanalysis. Uh, that's mainly what I chase off of the day of. Um, but obviously leading up to the event, I check models and, you know, stay with it and make sure that I'm chasing the right area. But I don't know what Q has. He'd have to tell you. Yeah, like pa- like packs. when I'm chasing alone, it's almost exactly the same thing as you described. I mean, I'll check satellite and a few things. But for the most part, I'm running with radar scope, Google Maps, and kind of just use. But I had the um, ability to have another chaser with me, Ian. He was kind of my second set of eyes. And on the Dodge City Tornado we were really close to one tornado and he reminded me to look over to the east because we had a new one that was just about to form. So having a second set of eyes can be a big help. I mean, it's, it's tough chasing alone. And I told Ian, I would never get as close to a tornado if I didn't have another person with me just for the safety aspect. Yeah. See, they were, they were a few hundred yards from the tornado, but me, I chased by myself. So I was, I was within one to three miles of the tornado the whole time. And I still felt like really close so So you don't have anybody to pull you away if you're like dude you're too close (laughs) no not really (laughs) i'm pretty safe about it though what what's the what's the benefit of chasing alone or chasing with a partner well i don't have anybody (laughs) looking over my shoulder telling me hey we should go north or hey we should go south which is which is good sometimes but it's also very bad sometimes if i you know, you, sometimes just a third point of view perspective, it can kind of help you out. But uh, that's one thing I have complete control over the chase day. And that's that's something that's pretty important to me, I guess. So what you're saying is you have you know, uh, I, control issues? <laughs> when I'm chasing. <laughs> when I'm chasing, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I agree know, with Pax, so having the control. Go ahead. I know uh, when there's when there's like a bunch of storm chases. Like I know you know where people are going. I've seen on your Twitter, 
do you try and avoid the main? Because it seems like you try and go your own way. You know, you you try and avoid the clump. I think you call it on Twitter or whatever. Is is that like a superstition thing, or is that just because you know you're trying? You you think I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. Packs. Oh, was that for me? Okay. Yeah, that was you, um, Pax. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I try to stay away from chaser convergence as much as possible just because it makes the chase easier, especially by myself. Um, but it's not like a superstitious thing. Uh, I will play a secondary target if I can, but not always. Like Dodge City, I played the primary target, I feel like. Okay. So. Okay. Are you guys ever like, oh, here comes Bob in his little Chevy? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say there's anybody specific, but there have been a few times where I've been parked on the side of a road and I see someone come up behind me and I'm like, oh man, what's going to happen? Because on Pampa last year, I had this, let's just say interesting individual that got out of his car and decided to come up to my window. And <laughs> I like to just do my own thing and not have, let's say, strangers come up to me. <laughs> but. <laughs> So do mine you... is mainly mine is mainly like when locals come up to me because I've had a guy who tried to follow me one time and he didn't bail off for like 30, 45 minutes and he just kept telling me he didn't have service, but I don't know if he was a chaser. Like it I think he was just a random guy, but yeah, I'm kind of with Q. I don't really like strangers that either don't chase or I don't know coming up to me and I don't know. Do, do you see a lot of the same people out there uh, day after day? Yeah, like multi-day oh, setups, yeah. I feel like I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Especially no, I definitely local. agree. Um... Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely agree. And there's one – am I breaking out here or can you guys hear me? No, you're good. You're good. You're coming up. Oh, good. Yeah. There was one chaser. He's actually like a professor at a school in, in Illinois, but Jeff Frame and – Ian and I bumped into him at least four or five times in a span of a week. So sometimes you will see the same chaser almost every single day. <laughs> Wearing the same t-shirt. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, never, never, gross! Cha- never change clothes. Wash your clothes. Uh, well, cool. Well, I, we just we wanted to get a little update on that. You guys were uh, you guys had some great stuff. Some both of you had some great photos and and video. Um, so that that was exciting to. Exciting to see that. Um, well, let's jump. Uh, unless you guys got anything else uh, to add to that, we'll jump to uh, our guest. Uh, we got the, the privilege tonight to have uh, from NBC 29 in Charlottesville, Virginia. We've got weekend meteorologist and chief weather technology officer Clayton Stiver. So, uh, welcome, Clayton. Thank you so much. Yay. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm going to start with this because, honestly, this was, I'll be honest with you, this is what attracted me to go, hey, maybe we should have this guy on, might be interesting, um, was not that you're a TV meteorologist, that that's that's cool, but um, there are others as well. What caught my attention was the whole chief weather technology officer. Hi, I'm, you know, that must be the, that's how you got your wife. I talked to sure. my news director about that. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> And what so, a business card. So, because here's my, I think that's what's neat. I think that's, you know, to me, as the casual weather fan, that's what's kind of neat is to go, okay, so all the graphics. So, I know you deal with all the graphics, and I, I you know, I read up, you, you teach a lot of the other meteorologists at the station on how to use them and all that kind of stuff. 
I, I think it's the behind the scenes stuff that that is interesting to hear about. And so I, I just wanted to find out, which is why I had you on. What what are some of the 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 neat the, the latest graphics that you're using, or or yeah. what's out there right now that you're using that that's pretty fun and cool to play with? Yeah, sure. No, well, first off, thanks for having me on here. Because done a podcast before i've seen weather brains and i've always thought it would be awesome to uh to partake in one of these things and then you just happened to reach out to me which i thought was great uh well you're a virgin no more clayton yes i got a new group of friends here so and i'm hoping one of you guys can take me on one of these chasing tours here because uh i've always wanted to do that so uh, maybe we can we can work something out there i come out there and join you guys on a chase it would be great cost is beer Hey, yeah. no problem. I love beer. I'm an IPA guy, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can, I can drink whatever. That's good. Oh. That's good. Uh, but but no, just to talk a little more about my uh, my title, and uh, it's funny that you, you you mentioned that too because my news director, who's the one that gave me that title, I told him I said, well, as long as super that on the air, I'm okay with that. And I, when I say super, I mean. You know, when you see the title that comes up on when the meteorologist is on camera there, you see their name and meteorologist, the title on the screen. That's what we call a super in, uh, in television. So I jokingly said, well, I want I want that to show up on the air as well. But um, but and I, I said, that all on, on one screen, <laughs> it would probably take up the entire, uh, entire your face. Right. just scrolls exactly. across so, the bottom. What, what was that? It just scrolls across the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah, like a crawl. A crawl. Sure, uh, but it flashes, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, it, it would be it would be great <laughs> to have it on there, but uh, but no. Essentially, I am you know the computer guru on the weather team. Um, the other guys that I work with, they've been in the business a bit longer, and when they started out, you know, it was it was a lot simpler. It was more about just you get up there, you kind of have a smiley face, and. Um, you know, you're not not that you're putting magnets up on the screen, but things were a lot simpler when they started out. And, and those guys are kind of maybe still a little bit used to that way. And so here comes me where it's it's the newer generation. We have these graphic systems. Now we work with WSI, which is part of the uh, the weather company, um, an IBM company. I mean, there are so many different companies tied into one now. But uh, WSI is the, the graphics vendor. And um, it's it's amazing what you can do as far as graphical display with that. I mean, we're talking our analysis, um, a lot of the technical things that, that you see on the radar scope app, for instance, I have the ability to take that and, and pull that up through our WSI system. And I can kind of spin things a little so that the, uh, the graphics, you know, they're, they're, they're TV viewer friendly, if you will. So we can take some of this more technical stuff and, kind of dumb it down to an easier to understand level for the viewer and try to teach them a little bit at home, what I call gentle knowledge. Um, but, you know, my job essentially is going through all that technical stuff and creating all these fancy looking graphics and then trying to help the other guys figure out how to do some of that stuff as well. Be interactive when you're up at the green screen. That's one of the new things now as well. Interactivity, you know, the ability to actually uh, point at something, make something pop out, draw something with your finger, track, uh, track storms, um, and, and so uh, those are things as well that I'm trying to teach the other guys. Uh, it, it's, we have like 13 different computers, I think, total in our weather center that are all involved with doing something important, whether it's you know, putting graphics on television for our webcast or, or updating things to the web or social media. So, so jump, jump back to the activity. So when you're talking about like making a circle on the green screen how, or whatever, how, how is yeah. that working? 
Yeah, so essentially uh, there's a couple different ways you can do it. Um, There are certain scenes, what we call scenes. That's what we refer to a graphic. It would be a scene. It's almost like PowerPoint where you have these different slides uh, arranged in a proper order for your weathercast. And, you know, some scenes they have um, specific points that are already set up where if if you're at the – screen and you go and point in that area you hit a button on the clicker and it will make something happen mm-hmm. um but then, so then there's magic also, is what you're saying exactly they actually call that setup <laughs> magic magic track is what they refer okay. to that setup as so um you know there's other ways where you can custom build your own you can take a graphic that doesn't have anything and you can you can stick in your own points you can build your own things that you want to have happen with that interactivity um, and, and just a, um, another cool thing with that, actually, I was up in New Hampshire for a little bit. I did do a, a brief a little stint uh, for a startup station in New Hampshire as their, uh, their chief meteorologist. And um, they actually were using a touchscreen. So you can actually see you know, all the graphics behind you, unlike the, the more traditional green screen where you're using the monitors on each side and one out in front of you to see. Uh, this was an actual touchscreen. I could see everything behind me, and so as far as that interactivity goes, that was a lot more um, involved there. I was able to I, – I could just touch and, on all these different spots on the touchscreen and make things happen. Have you ever forget uh, forgotten to put your show in sequence? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny is – so WSI, you to, to do that interactivity stuff, you have to have it in play mode. And if you don't have it in play mode, it's not going to work. And so you can still advance to this, the graphics, but there's been a couple times where I've done that, and I'm up there, and I'm trying to do something, and it's just not happening. And then I, it dawns on me afterwards. I'm like, ah, I didn't put it in play. So – does that mean your your like slides are out of order or something? What does that mean in sequence? Uh, no, it's Nothing just what's the TV lingo. Yeah, yeah, the TV lingo. Um, no, it's just um, there. There's um, it's almost kind of like if you're used to PowerPoint, you know, when you start or start a tape or a video or whatever, you have to hit press play, and that's kind of the same concept with uh, a weathercast. You know, we we draw prepare our graphics we kind of lay out everything in the order that we want for a weather cast and then you have to put it in play mode at the end when you're ready to get on the air and uh, every once in a while you know forget to do that um you know one of the other things too we actually have this other computer called the Weatherbug computer um it's a separate network there's weather stations that, that are set up at different schools and businesses across our viewing area and we have the ability to access that data which is great especially in where, where we're located central virginia you know, there's not a whole lot as far as official reporting um, uh, stations go. I mean, you're relying on Charlottesville Airport. Um, we have Louisa County Airport. There's only a couple airports uh, where you get official observations. So we have this weather bug network and we can access data from weather stations that are actually built by professional meteorologists. So, you know, the data is good. Um, and that computer, um, on occasion, I forgot to put in play mode. And so when I get to the, the slide that's supposed to show that data, It'll it'll actually just be showing the desktop of the computer. <laughs> so I've done that a couple of times, and you get to it, and you're like, ah, you just want to swear and curse up a, storm and obviously you can't do it, but. <laughs> well, you can, but only once. Well, exactly. Well, yes, you, you kind of get a. You get, I guess when you you know you you've been doing it as long as uh, I've been doing it long enough. I've been at the station long enough. I'm well received. That if I did that, I'd probably get a warning. But um, yeah, in certain cases, maybe not so fortunate. So. So Clay, um, I know you know it's a big issue. It's a big issue nowadays. About um, I know there are a lot of students coming out of college that are wanting to go to meteorology. 
and they're deciding between whether to go to broadcast or whether to go to the private industry sure. or whether to go to the National Wellness Service. I know, you know, there's been um, a decent amount of articles and, and um, TV stations, you know, TV meteorologists are, you know, on the decline, you know, as, as people um, are doing that. So do you need, and as an aspiring, because I want to be a TV meteorologist as well, um, what would you recommend how students could set themselves apart or how people could set themselves apart um, in that in that industry? Yeah, sure. No, well, one of, one of the big things, and it's kind of unfortunate in a way, is that obviously looks, appearance is a huge factor. And, um, you know, myself, I'm, I'm kind of a short guy. Um, and, and that's I've always had and this is not necessarily a bad thing, but I've, I'm 33 years old. But yet people still think in some cases, I mean, I still get asked for my ID when you know, I go to a bar or whatever, which I guess that's that's a good thing that I look that young. But yet at the same time, that can kind of go against you in some cases when you're you're applying for a job. You know, they, they the news director looks at you and they may just think you look absolutely too young. Um, one of the other things is, you know, it, it, the, the statistics tend to show that, that females tend to be favored a little bit more so, certainly attractive females. And, you know, in some cases they have the perfect combo. They're very smart. They have the educational background. And they've got the looks, and that's good for them. Nothing to take away from them. But yeah, you've got an uphill battle on that, Clayton. Ex- ex- <laughs> yeah, a lot you know of what, Clayton? Look- I think you look fine. I think you look great. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank I you. don't care what everybody else says about you, you man. I think great you look great. TV, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad I had your backing on that. But uh, but obviously, you know, <clears throat> we, you could be the most knowledgeable meteorologist there is. You can know all there is to know about the science. You do great in school uh, with with all of the the hard uh, uh, physics and calculus courses that we have to take. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with appearance. And so that's something that you have to be able to to deal with and, and work with. Um, but what, what I can say is, you know, at the end of the day, if you're passionate about it, for me, I, I love doing this. I love talking to people about the weather. And I think there's no better job to have than, than being an on-camera meteorologist. And I think if you're really able to let that passion shine through, no matter what your appearance, no matter what your, your look is or whatever, you know, eventually you're going to you're gonna appeal to somebody. Um, and that's what, you know, when I was first hired here in Charlottesville, the, my news director that hired me here, that's what he told me straight up. He said, listen, you know, you've got that, that really young look, which may kind of go against you at the moment. But at the same time, you're very passionate. You love sharing that passion with the viewer that shines and comes across. And, and so that's going to that's going to take you places. So, um, you know, that's that, that's what I could definitely recommend to somebody that really wants to get into this is just, you know, be passionate. Uh, you, you're used to talking to your friends and family about about the weather. And so you treat the camera as well. And you so try what, and take, Go ahead. What was the event that really got you interested in weather in the first place? Sure. Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania. I was telling Mark a little bit about this earlier. Uh, Nor'easters have kind of always been our our big uh, uh, storm system, certainly in the wintertime. And um, it was really that, I think, that, that got me going. But, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I love studying all different aspects of meteorology. You know, this time of the year, obviously, I'm excited for severe weather season now. Um, so I just enjoy studying and understanding how all different types of, of, uh, of weather evolve and form. But, you know, it was probably winter weather and certainly those big snowstorms that, that really got me hooked. The blizzard of 93 and the blizzard of 96, the superstorm of 93, storm of the century, all those different names. And then the blizzard of 96 were probably the two 
uh, most memorable storms for me growing up um, that, that really got me hooked on, you know, this being what I wanted to do. So. All right. So tell me, Clayton, maybe tell me a little bit. I, I'm always curious too with, um, you know, now with social media and stream. Yes. And all this stuff going on. Where, yep. where's the future of broadcast television yeah. <laughs> meteorology going? Yeah, you could you could very well say it, at some point we're going to be we're not going to be broadcasting on on television. It's going to be all through your your iPads and, and smartphones. Um, you know that's that seems to be the, the thing that's really taken off because people are just they're always connected to their phone nowadays. Um, and and so I, I think maybe in some cases we get we maybe get too connected with it. We have to we have to watch that we you know don't lose our ability to just have a regular interaction with somebody, but, but at the same time, I, I still feel that there are some, some big positives about the social media aspect. And, and one of those being that it's just, a, it's an extra source for us to get important weather information out to, to viewers. And, um, you know, I think that we have to embrace it and we can't fight it. Um, it's, I think it's easier for somebody like myself and, and certainly those folks that are, that are still in school and just coming out of school you know, they're, they're more used to this social media thing. So I think it'll be easier for them to adapt and, 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 um, get, and, and use this, but, um, you're, you're definitely going to see a lot more, um, of, of social media use, whether it's something, a broadcast on Twitter. I mean, one of the things I'm doing now is I'm, I'm recording these short videos, like a short brief weather forecast before I get on the air. Uh, maybe it's at, you know, if I'm working the, the five, 6 30 the night shows maybe i'll get on at four o'clock and post a quick uh, uh quick uh, facebook video forecast and put that on twitter as well and then you know tell the viewers hey we're going to talk more about this in detail or whatever so be sure to watch and if you can't watch well i'll post another video a little bit later on explaining those details so <clears throat> are, you, are you getting pressure from ownership at all on that like are they coming down saying here's what you should be doing or we want you working it, on it's not so much, you know, at my station just yet. We, we always tend to be you know, nothing against them. It's just we tend to always kind of like let everybody else do it first. And then we kind of, you know, analyze that, see how it goes. And then we're, we'll get on board eventually. Um, you know, I hear stories, some other folks that I know, other stations. I, I know that the pressure is a lot more so from up above. But, um, you know, I'm fortunate where I'm at. It's kind of... Um, there's there's nothing too crazy as far as you know a lot of pressure but at the same time you know they don't want to just say whatever you want to they want to see folks trying some of this this new stuff um and and it's kind of like you can do what you know you're, you're allowed to do however much you want to you know so that's where i feel like i want to try some of these new things whenever i have the ability or the chance to do that take advantage of the time so how often do the uh, producers cut your time at the last second <laughs> um, all the time. <laughs> it, it seems like there's news story after news story. We have a lot of weather to talk about. We finally get there and it's like, we got to cut the weather time. And, you know, statistically speaking, that's the reason people are watching their news stories in the first place. But um, no, I, I'd say overall, they're pretty good. I mean, if I go, if I, sometimes I'll go 30 seconds over typical weather cast is three minutes and maybe I go three thirty, and they, they don't give me too much uh, hell about it. Um, I've worked with a lot of different producers over the years and you have some that are really, really hard cases. You know, if you're, if you're going five seconds over, they're getting pissed. Um, and then I have others who they, they, you know, if you go four minutes, they love that because some 
they need to fill a lot of time. And, and so they're happy about us going long. So, um, yeah. What, what kind of Clayton, uh, you know, again, I don't, the, the Charlottesville market, is, is there a the ABC, CBS affiliate, Fox affiliate in Charlottesville? Yeah, so our setup is interesting. Um, I'm at the NBC affiliate, of course. Uh, that station was the only station in town in Charlottesville uh, for the longest time. They started in 1973, um, and it wasn't until 2004, I believe it was, that um, they were the only station in town. So in 2004, um, Gray, uh, a company called Gray Media came, and they built what's called the Newsplex um, and so it's essentially ABC, CBS, and Fox all combined into uh, one building. And, uh, and so the Newsplex has been, been in town since 2004. Um, and, you know, they, they, we're the market leader. We're, we're light years ahead in the ratings, and that's understandable because we were, you know, the only station in town since 73, and, and the Newsplex is still young and, you know, just getting their feet wet and building things up. So it, it always takes some time in situations like that uh, to catch up. But um, well, my, my question is, are you guys because I'm curious as to because there's the competition and Maz has talked about this a couple times, you know, with, with competition, you're always trying to get ahead, at, you know, and or stay on top if you're on top. Right. But as far as how are you guys, do you guys interact at all to go? Because I hear a lot of people talking about inconsistencies with the National Weather Service, meaning okay. I, we do it this way and National yeah. Weather Service does it this way and we use those colors and they use those colors and, and we sure. have our own way. And so I'm, I'm just curious how if, if you guys work with each other, uh, the other stations about that to say, hey, let's at least try to send a consistent message to our viewers yeah. or are you tying in the National Weather Service stuff to, to – have some consistency. I think that's what I'm looking at. Sure. Well, well, we don't um, we we don't um, collaborate with the, the competition as far as graphics go. You know what what you would see on the air. There's no sharing of information there, if you will, or um, uh, doing the same thing. Uh, having said that, uh, we actually attend these uh, workshops with the National Weather Service offices in our area every once in a while. They'll do a, a spring weather workshop. They'll do a a, um, a winter weather workshop and so in that case uh, we'll all from all the different stations we'll all be sitting there having roundtable discussions about things and you know we try to agree on things that the national weather service is proposing um, i know you know my station when it comes to warnings watches advisories with that graphic that we show where the, the counties are highlighted we use the the national weather service colors um, but we don't we don't come up with a plan um, with with the other station with the competition that we try to do the same thing. Come on, sure you do. <laughs> I mean, I know I, I know some of those guys over there. Um, you know, we certainly have outside of uh, station hours. You know, we share our thoughts, uh, and and we I'm sure we agree about a lot of things, but. At the end of the day, we're not when we're in the office. We're not uh, certainly calling each other up, sharing information, or or building the same graphics or what have you. So, okay, so it's it's not like the scene from Anchorman where they're where they're all getting <laughs> you know ganging up in the back lot with all their weapons. It's not it's not like that. Not quite. Yeah, no that that's a, that's a, a, a quite funny movie though. It's certainly one of watching over and over because when you work in this business, you you know they're poking fun at certain things. You can understand kind of where the where they're going. They're obviously doing it. They're going overboard with it, but it's it provides a good laugh. So, 
Yeah, I've always I've always had beef that that Brick Tamlin was the weather guy. That they're giving the weather guys a bad name. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Anybody else got any other questions for Clayton? Um, well, I'll tell you what. What we'll, what we'll do, Clayton. Uh, we'll post uh, your your web access, more information about you. We'll post that on our website as well, so you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com, get some more information about Clayton, and, and how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you on Twitter or whatever? Yeah, yeah what's your uh, home, phone, cell phone, all that stuff? <laughs> 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 my pager. Pages are obsolete. Oh, sporting the pager. <laughs> Throw it all in there. Um, no, I think you know Twitter and Facebook is probably the best way. Um, you know, my Twitter handle is cstiver, uh, NBC29 at C Stiver NBC 29. And then if you just search on Facebook, if you type in meteorologist Clayton Stiver, uh, you will find my, uh, my personality page. And then I've got my regular page on there as well. And feel free to send me a friend request. Um, you know, I'm a really easygoing guy. I make new friends all the time. So you guys oh, are all, that's so special. Nice. That's sweet. <laughs> like I said, I want, that's I want good. somebody Dogs. here. In this group Comes to take all around. All right. I, I want one of you guys to take me out on a chase, so I'm, I'm going to be back in time. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we got to get you through lightning round first. So we got the oh, two minute boy. lightning round coming up. Are you ready for this, baby? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, so we're going to be, it's a quick two minute speed round of, of questions. And today we're All calling right. it one or the other. Okay. So I'm going to throw out two things. This first one that pops into your head, you can answer and respond, do what you want. But there awesome. are right and wrong answers, too. Know that. <laughs> the, and Brady hasn't even seen him, so yeah, he does know that nope. already. Nope. All right, so let, let's get started. Ready? Here we go. All right, Bulldogs or Nittany Lions? Nittany Lions. Oh! Uh, trombone player, J.J. Johnson or Wycliffe Gordon? Wycliffe Gordon. Uh, you, you play the trombone, right? I do, yes. Hey, All right, hike All right. or bike? Wait, well, I missed what was that? Hike, hike or bike? Uh, hike. Uh, ski resorts, Bryce or Wintergreen? Wintergreen. Uh, UV football or basketball? Basketball. Let's go. Tornadoes or hurricanes? Tornadoes. Good answer. Rock or country? Rock. Ooh, I'm a little bit rock and roll. My wife's looking the other way on that one. <laughs> All right. uh, what, you're, gorilla? You're, you're ringing everything. What is with that? He's right. Everyone's right. All right. Yeah. Good one. Um, <laughs> Gorilla or four-year-old child? Oh, boy. Oh, oh, man, that's a bad one. That's too, yeah, too soon. Great. Thanks a lot. All right, so you're passing. All right, that's fair. I'll pass on that one. Uh, Twitter or Facebook? Uh, Facebook. Oh. Virginia or Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Chaser license or chaser convergence? Chaser Convergence. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> listen to episode license. You know, license. All right. Partly sunny or partly cloudy? Uh, partly cloudy. <laughs> All right. Charlottesville Eateries, the Tin Whistle Pub or Red Pump Kitchen? Boy, I haven't been to either of those. Uh, are you I've kidding? Heard of, Whoa. I looked uh, this up online to see what was close to the yeah. studio, and those are two that were close to the He doesn't down. actually <laughs> live there. I, I, I live uh, a little bit outside of I don't spend as much time in town as I used to, but uh, but you got to eat when you're at work. Okay, Tim, All right, Tim so we'll... Whistle. I think Tim Whistle Pub, though. I've heard good things about them. So yeah, now you'll right. get free food there. Right. <laughs> All right, ninety degrees or twenty degrees Fahrenheit. Twenty degrees Fahrenheit. 
Uh, okay. You can't click it for that. There's no way you can ring the bell for <laughs> that. The Witcher guy. What can the Northeastern dude. Yeah. Oh, All bro. right. Two two more questions. Uh, Trump or Hillary? Oh boy. Uh, oh. Careful, you'll lose fifty percent of your. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll, pass, we'll pass on that one too. We'll pass. All right. That's fair. All right. Last I'm a question. Guy. I can't say, you know. Last question. <laughs> Boxers or briefs? Boxers. Ding ding. Ooh. All right. Awesome, man. That was good. That was Love good. It. All right. So um, I appreciate being a good sport on that. But uh, hey, you're going to stick around for the rest of the show, correct? Absolutely. Forward to it. All right. Good. So we'll we'll get in discussion. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to tackle the issue of weather hype in the media. So uh, Clayton will be good on that as well. But in the meantime, here's Storm School with Brady Harris. This is Storm School where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover, well, things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. But welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Storm School. I'm Brady, and this week we're going to be talking about the types of different storms and their associated characteristics. Now, grab a paper, grab a pen, write some notes because this is going to be some good stuff. Now, last week we talked about the different kinds of characteristics of storms, things that make up storms. This week we're going to talk about the different types of storms. So, first of all, we have a single cell thunderstorm or called a pop up thunderstorm. Those are storms that develop in the afternoon and evening, basically from daytime heating. They die out very fast after dark because they're mainly based on the sun and some of the cape values that we have during the day. They're not usually severe, although they will dump some heavy rain. And some small hail can't be ruled out, although most of the time you're just going to see some heavy rain and some lightning with those storms. On radar, you're going to look, look for uh, you know isolated to scattered uh, radar echoes anywhere where the there is yellow and red in small little clusters. You can see that in the deep south in the summer as well as Florida in the summer as well, you get some of these pop-up thunderstorms in the afternoon and evening. And there's no real wind shear with these storms. Now, our second type of storm is a multi-cell storm, which starts out as a single-cell storm, but it has a very strong, a stronger downdraft than a single-cell storm. And what that downdraft will do is it'll hit the ground and spread outward. And as it spreads outward, usually to the right of the storm, it'll cause rising air because that air will collide with other air, causing that air to rise up, create a new updraft, create a new storm right to the right of that first storm. Those two storms combine, making a multi-cell storm. Then that cycle repeats itself for the third, fourth, and even fifth storms, however long they can sustain themselves. They usually appear in a semi-line. Um, they form in daytime heating. There's a little bit of a stronger storm environment with a little bit more wind shear. They usually die out after dark as well because usually driven by, once again, daytime heating. They're stronger than a single cell, heavy rain, lightning, hail, and very weak tornadoes are all possible with these multi-cell thunderstorms. You can look for it on radar by looking for a gust front on either satellite or radar. You can appear, you'll see that uh, multi-cell sometimes has a very strong gust front on that as well. The, four, the third type of storm is a squall line. Now a squall line is a distinct line of storms with a strong usually west-east motion. And that's just a general rule of thumb because it usually... Um, you see a squall line along the cold front, especially if you live in the Midwest. You see a lot of those cold fronts, a lot of those squall lines. So it's a line of storms 
Um, they form along some sort of front, a warm front, dry line, stationary front, a cold front, and they have very strong winds with Im- and they can have an embedded uh, weak tornado, sometimes even maybe even a strong tornado depending on where you are. Large hail, lightning, heavy rain are all possible. So once again, a squall line, if you're looking on radar, you're just going to look for a line of storms that extends um, you know, basically the length of a state or anything like that um, where a line will come through. Then the fourth type of storm is a supercell. It's usually severe storms where the entire storm will rotate. So it's, you know, it's usually a single cell thunderstorm like the first type, but um, the storm it actually entire rotates. It forms in highly sheared environments, highly in unstable environments. It has very strong updrafts, very strong downdrafts. On radar, if you're looking for it, you're not going to really see it um, in the Midwest, or usually in the Northeast, I meant to say. In the Midwest, you'll see it the farther west you go, the better chance you'll get. Usually Oklahoma, Texas, you see these all the time. There are storms that have a hook usually on them. We call that a hook echo, where you have very strong inflow, very strong um, downdrafts as well accompanying that. You can see that on radar, and you can also see the storm rotate at times you can have very strong tornadoes very large hail with these storms and once again they usually form out in the plains in oklahoma where the wind shear is right well guys those are the four storm types thanks for joining me on storm school today make sure you took good notes and uh let's get back to the podcast All right, welcome back. Uh, we're jumping on the weather hype train tonight. Uh, actually, referencing a, a blog by Ben Alonzo. It was on ultratechlife.com. Um, didn't pick that one necessarily for any particular reason other than it def- definitely talked about what we're getting into, which the, the article or the blog was titled Media Hype on Tornado Outbreaks Causes Public to Distrust Scientists. Uh, I would probably throw... Uh, meteor television meteorologists in that same category. We're actually doing this tonight because everybody voted on Twitter that this is what you wanted to hear. So uh, the great news, we got Clayton Stiver on tonight. So I, I know he's probably going to have some uh, feedback on that. Clayton, what do you think? There we go. I just unmute my mic there. So, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is obviously a, a very popular uh, topic, a lot of different opinions on it. And, um, you know, I, I work in the media business, so, it's one of those things I've, I've got to deal with. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing that I notice is when it comes to like snowstorms, for instance, um, your long range computer models, you know, 10 days, if not longer out, they'll be showing all of a sudden they'll show a big nor'easter uh, 20 inches plus for the entire mid-Atlantic and northeast. And so somebody takes that uh, that model image and they, they post it on social media and it spreads like wildfire and um, you know, that what we, as we know, a lot of times these long range models are notorious for, for showing something only the next run comes in and they have absolutely nothing. And the thing of it is, is that these folks that take these model uh, images of, of Whopper snowstorm and post it, they don't necessarily explain that. First of all, this is a model run, you know, what it means, whether the, it's got something right or something wrong. And then they don't continue to follow up. In other words, okay, well, the models are maybe seeing a possible storm. You know, what what happens beyond that as we get closer, the additional model runs that come in, let's continue to post when they show 
thing and talk about that and what it means. Um, you know, and, and with, with social media, things spread like wildfire this day and age. And a lot of people are on social media and a lot of folks, they, they're just your general viewer, your general listener, what have you, they don't understand what a computer model is. So they see that graphic image. And to them that just says, Oh, we're going to get 20 inches of snow. And, uh, and, and, and so there's, you know, there's all these different sources nowadays of, of where information is coming from. And the big question is, you know, who can you trust and, and who, who not to trust? Um, and I've, I've tried to, as of late on, on my social media accounts, uh, every once in a while, I try to post some things about, you know, look at the credentials of that person where you're getting that post from. Is that a, a meteorologist or is it just some general person that you know goes and access you know it's clayton it's also happening though with with meteorologists it's happening with the national i mean i think it happens all around and and what i think about when i hear this is i think about the uh you know back in april uh, on the plains uh, i think was the first time this year that the national weather service i think it was a storm prediction center that issued a, a pds tornado was it a tornado watch guys or was yeah, it a tornado it was a, yeah, tornado watch yeah, yep. yeah and it just threw everybody off because they thought it was going to be this huge tornado outbreak it didn't work out that way right right yeah i mean i i you know from my my vantage point um i i, I can't say that you know as far as the tv meteorologists that i really follow i mean they're going to be the ones that are obviously like my competition i've I've certainly seen folks up in New England because I've spent some time up there, Pennsylvania, basically the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast. And overall, my sense is that it's it's not too bad as far as, as hype goes. I mean, um, I have seen there's a you know, I don't want to call people out specifically. Um, so I'm just going to kind of hint at one particular site. And you guys may very well know of this site based on some of the things I say. But, you know, there is one particular um, social media site out there on Facebook that is run by a, a professional meteorologist. And, um, you know, he's, he's got a great background in, in meteorology. He, he has the education. I think he used to work for the National Weather Service at one point. Um, and, and this, this particular gentleman, um, loves to post all kinds of model analysis and what have you, long range things. And I think he does a great job. Um, but what frustrates me sometimes is that, you know, he, he starts kind of stirring his, his following tends to be a lot of folks that aren't meteorologists. And so again, they, they see, you know, the images of a model run 10 days out showing a big snowstorm. And, and, you know, to them, I think that kind of comes across as, okay, we're predicting a big snowstorm already. Um, and then he, you know, he has a tendency sometimes to bash TV meteorologists for maybe not getting on board with that. So, so early, or, you know, maybe they have a little bit different opinion. Um, and I hate, so, I hate it because you can't find water in the store anymore. Everyone gets a run on all the bottled water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, people going out to the store and, and, and buying everything up. Um, so I, you know, I just. So I, I, I'm curious too on, on uh, what, because um, Q's got a background too in, in um, working, especially uh, doing stuff with the Weather Channel and things of that nature. Q, I'm kind of curious too what, what your thought of, is on that, especially working in the plains in the summers with uh, tornadoes, et cetera. Well, actually, kind of th- thinking back to Connecticut, actually, before Hurricane Sandy came, we had about notice. And that was one of the rare cases where I think the hype 
actually lived up to what ended up happening. So that almost kind of put us at a disadvantage where the public expects like seven days out that the forecast is nailed down. But we know that that that's almost never the case. So yeah. I kind of think ever since then, the hype has been kind of dramatically worse. So that's that's kind of my opinion, opinion on it. But I just I feel like, too, I mean, you know, obviously things are rating. It's it's about ratings. And, and you do have there's there's a lot of. Um, you know, news folks that are involved with weather coverage this day and age, not people, the people making the ultimate call are, they, they don't have the meteorology background. Um, and, and so that's where, you know, there's obviously it's more, it's more about ratings, if you will, rather than the science sometimes, I think. Yeah. Can I, um, can I ask a question about that? Cause okay, I'm in Minnesota, right? We don't have the tornado thing sure. as much, but we've got winter and we've, it lasts forever. Right. And, uh, blizzards and those kinds of things and I, and I wonder you know when you when you talk about maybe it's not the meteorologists making the call because I, I I see it and I understand the 10 day forecast and the 10 you know the 10 day models you know and so on um, does that give some of the people at a station the opportunity to say hey look we've got this 10 day uh, forecast that says this and we can make a point of this and now we can get viewers for the next 10 days because they're going to keep coming back to see you know to see more about it and to see what's going to happen right. i mean is that part of the mix it it is um and and you know for me um i'm fortunate that i have i have management that very much respects um our our opinion and that they always love to come to us and talk to us about what it is that we are looking at before we make a call about how we're going to cover something and, 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 you know, look at that over the next several days. Um, I, I think it's important for the television meteorologist to, you know, if we, if we're showing a 10 day forecast or a seven day forecast, we, we do a seven day, we don't do a 10 day, but um, you know, I think back to the, the January snowstorm that we had around here, the big snowstorm, you know, that amazingly well forecasted by the models. I mean, they saw it, 10 days plus out and they stuck with it. And when it got to, you know, in our case, starting on day seven, you know, that was something that I mentioned. I said, amazingly here, we've seen a lot of consistency with the models. I, I don't make anything up when I tell when I talk to the viewer, I tell them exactly what it is that I'm looking at, what the possibilities are for changes, you know, what we know right now, what we don't know. I just lay it all out there. And, and I try to you know, tell people that they just, they have to keep watching for, for how things are going to change sure. over time. I don't uh, just throw something up yeah. there and, and say, um, you know, okay, we're, we're predicting a big snowstorm and that's that. Um, I, I explain exactly what it is that we're looking at right now. Sure. Um, and every time a change occurs or whatever, I continue to keep folks um, posted on those changes. Sure. So, and there's, yeah, and I, it's, obviously it sounds like there's a lot of pressure. Um, and obviously my question, Maz, I want to know from you, what, what was the pressure like? when you were in TV for ratings and, and things of that nature to hype things compared to, oh, yeah. you know, what you think it is now? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, if it's a slow news day, they're looking for anything. All right. And so they're like, really, is it going to be big? Like, it's going to be more like, well, and you know, you try to hedge your bets a little bit 10 days out, you know, you're like, you know, it has some potential. And they're like, okay, okay it's, gonna it's be got big. potential. Let's talk about that. You know? Okay. <laughs> You get seven minutes for weather. You're like, holy cow, okay. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, you got to understand, it's a business. Right. And their business is to draw in viewers and to sell commercial time. And for the meteorologists, it's our name. You know, and so you're like, 
I want to be as accurate as I can, but I yep. know that, you know, hey, Clayton's right. There'll be somebody who said, did you see what channel whatever said? They're talking about 12 inches of snow coming. You're like, doggone it. Why the heck did he say that? Now, because yeah. then you look like an idiot if you don't jump on the bandwagon. And if you do, then, and he's wrong, and you probably know he is, you're, you're out there and your management looks at you like, well, look what channel so-and-so is saying. Right. What are you you're saying he's smarter than me? Is that what you're saying? You know, oh, I've had that yeah. before. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think there's definitely, I think there's definitely, um, I think, I think there's also another side of it though, that we're missing here, guys. Like with, I, there's a meteorologist in our, you know, I'll just say in our general area where like there'll be a, uh, there'll be severe storms in the forecast and all he'll say is, you know, there'll be a shower or two in the afternoon. So I feel, I definitely agree that, news stations do hype up. I've seen firsthand, you know, I interned uh, at a channel. um, But at the same time, too, I feel like, you know, if these people don't realize that something big is coming, or if they don't realize the severity and just like, oh, you know, hey, there's going to be some storms here or there, um, you know, there's these people's lives that, you know, are at risk. So I think they do. I think in the industry, there is there is room for a little bit of, you know, all aboard the hype train, I like to call it. Um, a mixture of yeah. both. Yeah. You know, it's, as you said, I, I, it, there's times where I've seen a forecast, uh, like you just mentioned, where it's, I, I don't, I think we're, we're missing some of the details. Um, as you just said, you know, a shower and general shower and thunderstorm. Um, but there, you know, there may, the finer details, and this is where it, you know, where the good meteorologist comes into play. We see the data that suggests that, you know, there's a potential for, for maybe an isolated severe thunderstorm or two. So throw a couple of those words in there as well to say, hey, it's not out of the question. There could be a storm or two that has damaging wind and large hail. I don't want you to get too worried over this, but, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. So, Is there, is there any way, guys, that, that you think someone could come up with one system that that everybody can follow and I, I know each station you gotta you know and each person is trying to put their own touch to make it unique to themselves or unique to their station or whatever but it, just with all the discrepancies I think that are out there whether it's the winter storms whether it's uh, thunderstorms and tornado outbreaks there's just so many discrepancies how is the average person supposed to Understand? Is there any way we can get one system or, or work off of one system? Is that possible? Well, uh, I'll just say, if there were just one system where the models were always correct, Clayton knows we're kind of out of a job, <laughs> you know? Because so, I mean, because really, because every meteorologist is looking at the same information basically when you're looking at the models. And you're giving it your best educated guess. And and that's really what it comes down to. And there are some stations that will use a specific um, oh, service, we'll call it, and they'll go off of what that service. But when it comes right down to it, it's still your name. So it's got to be your forecast. Would you agree? So how, do you, how do you pull that together? Absolutely. I, mean, I, I get it. I get that part. Um I just how how do you get this guy saying you know and again I'm I'm thinking back on on a few weeks ago and you know someone who's got their own tornado numbers and and they were saying that the potential for a tornado on this particular day was a ten and it, it and 
didn't turn out that way. But other people were saying this and other people were saying that. And they're just I, I think it confuses the public. And then again, there's a run on bottled water. So really, it would just be better if everybody for winter storms used the Weather Channel's names for them and then just call it good. <laughs> that, that's and another those, episode, right? And those renegades, you just wait for them in the parking lot. That's all I'm saying. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think there definitely is a place for, like, especially like severe weather indices or things like that where there's numbers associated with them. It's concrete. I think we all need to get on the same page because that does nothing but confuse the crap out of people yeah. and me included. You know, I get, I, I get confused yeah, with looking no, at I, some of these products. I, I agree. Um, you do get confused. Yes, I, I do get, <laughs> but um, I do think there's value in different opinions and weather forecasts. So I think in terms of we can, um, especially in the TV industry, it's hard, you know, I don't agree with a lot of those guys that post those model runs. I think that's terribly harmful. So I think, you know, whatever we can do to limit that. But in terms of some of the other forecasting, I think every forecaster has their own unique opinion. And and I think as as a whole, um, if we kind of say, hey, this is going to be the forecast for today, you don't get to change it. And I think we might miss out on some details that we could get if, you know, um, if we all kind of, you know, come together and um, have different opinions and things of that nature. The kumbaya moment. Yeah, I have a couple. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we want we want all of you to tell us what you think. Uh, so you can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, you can reach us through Twitter at stormfrontfreak. Or visit our website, stormfrontfreaks.com, and uh, we'll share some of the responses on our next show. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, you'll hear the team's recommendations for our weather fools and media outbreaks. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Nimbus 4 storm detector combines the power of three microprocessors and patent-pending antenna design to give you real-time information about storms as they form, move, and become a threat to your location. The Nimbus has the ability to see nearly invisible storms as they form and also to detect storm activity as far away as 600 miles. It can see the fast-changing conditions that increase the possibility of tornadoes. The Nimbus can track up to 50 storms at the same time, focusing on the storm activity that can directly impact you. The weather changes quickly, and the Nimbus tracks it all and keeps you informed about the changing levels of danger until your location is safe. The Nimbus is the next generation of storm detection and safety. All right, that was a quick message from our friends at Entropy Technology Design, makers of the Nimbus line of handheld storm detection devices. Check out the show notes or stormfrontfreaks.com for more information on their products and their Indiegogo campaign. We are really excited to announce that Entropy will be giving away a Nimbus device to one of our lucky listeners. We will be running the contest over the next four episodes. You can enter once during each two-week episode period. Here's how you enter for this first two-week period. Between now and June 18th, follow us on Twitter, at StormfrontFreak, and retweet the Nimbus 4 contest tweet that you will find on our Twitter page. Again, follow us at StormfrontFreak, and retweet the Nimbus 4 contest tweet. We will randomly draw one name from those qualified. The winner will be entered into the final drawing to be held at the end of the contest period. 
Again, you may enter once per two-week episode, period. Look for more details on our website, www.stormfrontfreaks.com. Now back to the podcast. All right, welcome back. Um, We're going to hit Weather Fools. Brady, why don't you lead us through Weather Fools? All right, guys. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Weather Fools, where we go through, basically we look at people all across the country that do stupid things associated with weather. Now, I'll start us off. So the article I found uh, was titled, Texas Hero on Tractor Delivers Whataburger to Neighbors Trapped by Texas Flood." flooding so as you can imagine uh my first reaction was uh i I don't know if i would really call this guy a hero because he drove this giant semi-tractor through these floods in texas to a whataburger drive-thru picked up burgers and then drove home what a burger is worth it though brother i'm telling you apparently you know that that would be I really wouldn't call him a fool. I wouldn't call him a hero either, but I, I would call him, you know, he was hungry. That's what I'll call him. So that, that was my weather fool. Uh, and it was now, an eight-hour drive, right? So everybody got food poisoning? <laughs> it was an eight-hour drive. By the time the burger got home, they were cold, unfortunately, and he had to throw away the fries as well. So, all right, Pax, over to you now with your weather fool. All right, my weather fool is not an article. My weather fool is myself. For last week, chasing all last week, and then skipping, balls, man. <laughs> skipping the best, probably one of the best days of the week. Not the best day, because Dodge City was probably better, but missing one of the best days of the week, and then chasing the next day, getting buried in mud somewhere in Kansas and having to be pulled out by <laughs> two local guys. So I'm a weather fool. So I'm curious, why, why did you not chase that one day that you're now kicking yourself? Well, I'd been chasing the three days before, and I, it just, it, oh, you were it, it needed did, a shower. It didn't look, it didn't look that oh. good going into it, and I didn't want to waste the gas and the hotel money, so I just said I'll go home, edit some video, and I'll be out the next day, because Thursday was supposed to be the biggest day of the week, and it ended up busting. So, I'm the fool. <laughs> All right, uh, Pat or Q, you're next. use the word fool necessarily for a couple of these but these are first-hand experiences when i was chasing the bennington um, 2.0 last week we had to look should well, we continue we- driving towards this tornado and the fact that there was a violent tornado you would never advise anybody but the fact that the general public didn't know what to do was and then another experience was i don't want to use the word fool for this because it involves local sheriffs but during the Dodge City tornado outbreak, we had sheriffs that were blocking off roads and it almost created a dangerous situation where chasers couldn't get out of the way. Luckily, it didn't happen, but it just seemed kind of silly to block off roads where there was debris, there weren't trees, there weren't buildings. Roads were kind of arbitrary. So those are my my two experiences that, um, like I said, I don't want to use the word fool necessarily for both of them, but those <laughs> come to mind for me. You're too nice. Awesome. awesome. Well, I think I think your uh, your internet connection is also the second weather fool of the week too. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you. There's right. always uh, somebody uh, you would recommend driving into an F4 tornado. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Maz. On to you. Let's hear it. Better be all right, good. All right. all right. Well, wow. No pressure. Thanks. So you know, yeah, I no I totally get it when you know people. Act, there's totally can be an accident. Something happens, they weren't expecting it, but it's the people that 
specifically go into harm's way into weather. Like there's a couple of guys out here. I was, I was looking on the internet and I found a big old storm in December and these guys were um, diving off of this huge platform into the ocean when clearly the winds were at like 60 plus miles an hour and it was insane for them to be out there. And I I get so mad at these guys because they literally pull emergency people into harm's way with them. So I understand when there are accidents happen, but it's the people that go out there. I'm just like, you just want to smack them. And I'll, I'll put a link of those guys on there so you can track them down. All right. And yeah. That's all, oh, I'll track them down. All right. I'll uh, get in my Toyota RAV4 and I'll be on my way. Um, all right. Uh, Phil, you're last. It uh, saved the all best right. for last, right? Uh, appreciate it, brother. So this, so my <laughs> weather fools this family. It's a video of a family that was parked under a bridge and they were recording a tornado, and and I'm actually going to try and play it. Uh, so hopefully this will come through, so you can at least hear the audio. Hilarious, because the dad is all worried about making sure they're getting the shot on their little telephone, while the kid in the background is like like screaming, "Yeah, it's coming!" It's good. and you could care less <laughs> about the kid that's freaking out in the background. We'll see if you can hear it. So so he, he's going to start like you getting a shot. Inside. Are you recording it? Look, it's fixing to connect. There it is. Daddy, daddy. Daddy, let's go. Daddy. Did daddy. you got pictures? Daddy. So, so you can tell he's just he's all worried about getting the shot. And this poor little girl in the background. Like, oh, my daddy, come on. I think they're hearing it. Give, give her ass ass about that. So that's my weather fool, whoever that dude was. Well, that was uh, that was a great weather fools, guys. Now we're on to uh, media outbreaks and fills. Yes, yeah, so we'll post. Uh, check out stormfrontfreaks.com. We'll post the pictures and, and the video of all that. Uh, but now media outbreaks. This is this is kind of uh, an opportunity to um, highlight people that are in the weather community that you know have taken some outstanding photos or some mind blowing video. Um, and I'll start it off. Mine is. Uh, um, Here's who was. It's basically it was a, a picture of a, apparently a tornado is what it now seems to be being called. It's great. It's got white picket fence in the front. And it's a great shot of a tornado. Um, but the question initially was whether it was a tornado or land spout. And so that's my first question, you guys, trying to figure out what the hell is the difference between those two things. And the second thing is the the photo apparently is being credited to Caleb Nichols. Um, it was in Pete's Colorado on May 30th is, is what the, the picture was. But the challenge was, is I, I earlier, and, and actually Pax called me out on this a little bit, um, of seeing photos that are on social media that might be credited to other people, and you don't know, is it really credited? Is that the really person or not? So first question to you guys is, what the hell is the difference between a tornado and a land spout? Don't all talk at once. Well, well, technically, a land spout is a tornado, but I think some people would consider a land spout too wimpy to be a, a, a real, real tornado. Uh, do go by strict definitions. I do believe they are the same thing. Okay. Does everybody concur with that? My yeah, I've probably. heard that myself. That's what I've always heard. Is it's, the okay. same, it's the same thing. So then the next question, because because Pax, you kind of called called me out on that a little bit secondhand third hand um how, how are you supposed to tell if you see something and you're like man that's a great shot how, 
how are you supposed to know if it truly was credited to the right person? Because I see a shot credited to two different people. I, I know what you're referring to. Um, well, I know you know. The, 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 first, the first person that quoted that tweet or, or sent out their own tweet of the image, uh, that's the person I had a problem with because right. I, I can't remember right. if it was the exact you're talking about, but they said basically in their tweet, I'm not sure if this gives credit or I'm not sure if they were like tagged or anything, but I'm going to post it anyway. And that was, that was like my well, biggest it, deal with that. I, I think the, that the was the one. The tweet that I saw, it had the image twice. It had the image once just as the image with nothing on it. And then the second image was actually like a, a screen grab from a Facebook page. Right. Um, and so both of those are on there. But I thought because the second one was on there from the Facebook page, I'm like, oh, well, that must be that person's photo. Only to find out a little bit later, there was actually a TV meteorologist in Colorado crediting that photo to uh, Kaylee Michaels. Right. So I, I was See, just confused. Just, I don't know who the hell to believe, I guess, sometimes. It, it just it just looked like some lackluster credit, and it looked like someone that was just sharing the photo and saying, oh, I think it was this person by this name. Uh, here, look at it on my page and retweet and give me followers. So that's kind of what I got from it. So it just didn't look like very <laughs> good credit in my opinion. <laughs> okay. All right, Pax, we'll, we'll just go right back to you then. What, what's your uh, Who's your media outbreak? Uh, my media outbreak was um, this is this is like things that we think are cool, right? This is yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, mine is a uh, Chad Cohen or Cowan. I'm not exactly how familiar I am with his last name or anything. Um, you can find him at at Storm Time Lapse. He did a time lapse of the Dodge City tornado when it was first beginning. And it lasted about 30 seconds, and it is mesmerizing. It was like it's one of the most amazing time lapses I've ever seen. So I'll put the link. I'll send the link to you so you can put it up because it's a great time lapse. Was that the one you missed? No, that I got that one. Oh, yeah, that was I the one you were on. Okay, that yes. was the one. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'll go next, guys, because I also have the Dodge City tornado but i think my video uh might be just a little bit better uh packs no just kidding um but it was uh from you know i gotta give a lot of credit to reed timmer because the guy just goes hard 24 7 i don't know how the guy makes a living because all he does is storm chase but he always seems to get the perfect shot and it was just an unbelievable unbelievable tornado definitely check out my video as well as packs because that tornado from any angle is going to be a beauty it, it seemed to be that that one just kind of stayed in one spot. Is that right? I mean, it really didn't move much, which is what yeah, made that well, thing. Well, so- Dodge City, I mean, it was really slow moving, but it probably yeah. moved 20 miles total. The entire Supercell Super moved 20 miles maybe. Wow. Well, Q, I'm going I'm to go to you because I know uh, you, were, you were at that one, correct? Well, yeah. Yes, let's say I was there, and I think my media outbreak is. Yourself probably, right? <laughs> yeah yeah we had some great footage but i do want yeah, to give credit to ian livingston and he's okay. the guy that i'm going to give as my um, outbreak because i usually chase alone but him being my co-pilot like i said without him i would not have been able to get as close as i did to those tornadoes so i have to give him credit for not only helping me but getting some great shots for his own awesome all right maz what do you got all right, so I'm giving a shout-out to anybody who's still on the air because uh, it's it's an interesting field to be in. And this is one for you, Clayton, by the way. 
Uh, just a little tip for you from your Uncle Mark here. And that's uh, if your producer cuts your time and you're trying to say warm air mass, don't drop the word air. I'm just saying. Okay. So, so my point to this whole thing. Oh, I get it. Oh, really? It took you that long? So, so uh, I wanted to share a little video, uh, and I'll put this on the page as well. And it's, uh, I just think this is just too cute. There's this, uh, this uh, lady meteorologist. No. So, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. anyway, her name was, I think it's Nicola Jones. Um, and I forget where she is, but th- this is a situation where an actual bat was flying around in the studio when she's doing her newscast. And she's just cute as a button, right? So it's one of those things where, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, bloopers and stuff, and I'm a big fan of bloopers. And I was looking around going, oh, yeah. And and I saw this one, and she was just real, and it was clean, and it was just funny. And it was like 40 seconds long. So I'll post that one on the site for you guys. Sounds awesome. All right, did I miss anybody? Mark, I got one. Mark, Mark. MJ, you got a media outbreak? All right, what do you got? This one could have kind of gone either way, but I'll use it in in here. you know, you've got all these people, we've got all the floods going on in Texas and, and other places, and you've got the people that drive into the flood, and then, you know, they're the fools, right? And unfortunately, we have people dying doing that, which is a terrible thing, and, and we don't want people to be that fool that does that. But I've got a video that I'll post, and unfortunately, I don't have the reporter's name, but I'll get that and get that posted so I can give a shout-out uh, to him. Um, but in Houston, they were live on the air showing flooding in an underpass, and, a, and a, like an SUV type or a crossover vehicle drives right into the, I mean, right into it. And they're, they're looking at it, the person driving in going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And they watch it drive right in and, and, and start to float. Right. And so they start to holler at the guy, um, you know, get out of the car, get out of the car, get out of the car. And the door opens and it's an elderly gentleman, you know, looks a little disoriented. Obviously you would be if you just drove into a, you know, uh, you know, five feet of water. Um, and he's standing there and they say, get, get out. And he says, stay in. He go, they go, no, get out. What, and he says, what do I do? They said, swim. And so he jumps out of, the, out of the vehicle and starts to swim. And the guy with microphone in his hand, the reporter walks into the water um, to grab a hold of him and grab him and, and uh, you know, yank him out of, the, uh, out of the water. So, you know, shout out to that guy for doing it and, 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 and for staying live on the air while he did. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, pr- pretty remarkable. So we'll we'll get that up too. So that's mine. Good, yeah. We'll, so we'll post all those on uh, on our website, StormfrontFreaks dot com. Uh, Want to kind of finish the the program here with just some uh, listener questions and responses that we've gotten uh, from our first show. Uh, we appreciate uh, everybody that's that's listening and and uh, helping us here as we're getting started. So just a couple shouts out, shout outs. Uh, first to Austin. Uh, Twitter, he's at A Armstrong WX. He says, I enjoyed the first podcast. When I, uh, when can I expect the next? So uh, currently we are a bi-weekly uh, podcast. So our goal is to uh, the Monday morning, I think, after recording is our goal to uh, have have that posted on a bi-weekly basis. I think I basis. might know that, Austin, by the way. I think, I think I might know him. I think his last okay. name's Armstrong. He owes so, yeah, A Armstrong. I would have, uh, since that's his Twitter handle, I would assume. What's uh, up, Austin? Him. All right, next question. Yeah, all right. Uh, the next one, uh, some of you guys also know Nick. Uh, Twitter handle is Storm Chaser Nick, at Storm Chaser Nick. He said, uh, just listen to the podcast on my way to Atlanta. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh, Jim, at Hurricane City. Says, I used to do many shows and found the audience enjoys people just blabbing about random weather rather than having a guest on the show, but good job. 
So it's kind of did a good job of criticism, but on both ends, giving us a little shout out. But he's basically saying, Clayton, we should, we don't need you. Um, <laughs> Clayton, I love you, man. But I'm just saying he I said that. You, right? We didn't say that. We love you. We love but, uh, Jim, Jim, we appreciate the response. Uh, and then we got Robert, uh, his Twitter handles at Barometer Bob said, listen, now listen to this, said, listen to y'all podcast this morning. Says Brady's using his y'all. I don't know. Oh, uh, I love that. that. I love that. Columbus, but he I said, listen that. to y'all podcast this morning. It's refreshing to see and hear. Uh, actually, I spoke to Barometer Bob uh, today as well. He used to do a, a old uh, hurricane podcast or radio program of some sort on YouTube. So I'm going to have to check that out, but little, Shout out to, to Bob. And then uh, last, just want to highlight Stan um, at NMSCAS Stan. That's his Twitter handle. Uh, he said, just listened and loved it. Was it bad? I knew all the answers about Twister the movie, uh, which that was our, our lightning round was uh, Twister trivia questions. But I'll tell you what, he did, send, he did send an email. I'm going to read the email. He said, so you just listened to the podcast and I love it. I think you have a hit on your hands. One idea I would love to see for a future show would be an in-depth look at reading skew-T diagrams and all the severe parameters listed and what meteorologists look for in determining the chances of severe weather and tornadoes. So he lost me at skew-T diagrams, so help me out with that a little bit. Anybody? Well, well, a skew-T is just basically a plot of the atmosphere. So you have you know, your surface data. It's basically... Where does it come from? Where, where is it? I, so, I don't need to know everything. Just where, where does this thing yeah. come from and what, what so does it I'll, tell me? So I'll cover this in my storm school probably in another episode. Oh, uh, okay. Get, well, we won't uh, ruin it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't ruin it. But okay. basically it's a, a weather balloon. It comes from a one weather balloon with sensors attached to it that rises in the atmosphere. As it rises, it takes temperature and it takes dew point, among other things. Um, and then... You know, we'll get into uh, it in the storm. storm right. If you want to see what one looks like, you can go to the weather service and like type in hotograph and it'll show you the actual sounding of it. It's pretty it, cool. It's from the weather balloons that they launch, all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Just to chi- just to chime in on that real quick, I actually yeah. uh, just did one. Of, I, I've, I've never really done a whole lot of reporting, but uh, a few weeks back, I went up to one of the, the weather service offices here in Sterling, Virginia. And one of the stories that I wanted to do was kind of on a weather balloon launch. So that was the first time that I got to partake in an actual weather balloon launch. They do them twice daily, uh, one early in the morning, one usually late afternoon, early evening. And uh, it was it, it, it takes like six minutes to fill this balloon up. It's like uh, six feet wide, I think, by the time it's uh, completely full. And then they launched that sucker, and uh, the, the meteorologist that, that launched it uh, was telling me that once it gets up to like a hundred, I think it's a hundred thousand feet. Maybe that's about when it, it bursts and the, the uh, radio sun drops back down. It's like as big as a two-story building at that point um, when it bursts. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You you want to see something funny? Go to go to YouTube and search like weather balloon fails or weather balloon bloopers. Um, I've seen some some pretty good stuff there. So. Clayton, you took one of those weather balloons with you, didn't you? I know you did. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Hiding behind his skis. They, they showed me where they kept them. They, had, they showed me the closet where they, they stored all of them, so I should have grabbed one. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that does it for this episode of Storm Freaks Podcast. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, if you like the show, uh, tell a friend and uh, give us give us a good review on iTunes or Google Play. 
if you didn't like it, uh, then just tell us and, and give us a review anyway. Um, I, I just want to highlight the importance of, of getting reviews on iTunes and Google Play. It, it really helps us expose the podcast to other listeners. And, and that's one of the things we want to do because we're trying to be a podcast that also is interesting to just the casual weather fan instead of a specific weather community of meteorologists, et cetera, that might be hearing about us. So the only way we're going to be able to get to them and make sure the casual weather fan is also getting a chance to know about us is if you guys that are listening and gals to, to get on iTunes and Google play and, and give us a review, uh, let us, let us know what you think. Um, we want to also answer your questions. We want to discuss your comments on future shows so don't forget to send us your thoughts to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or to Twitter at stormfrontfreak. Uh, definitely special thanks to our guest from NBC 29, Clayton Stiver. Clayton, yeah. glad to have me on, brother. Hey, Clayton. Hey, thanks. thanks for having me. Uh, welcome. Free lift well, tickets, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so for MJQ, Pax, Brady, and Maz, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we'll catch you next time. Peace out, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.